Thank you so much for tuning in to the Attack and Release Show. My name's Sam. I'm with my good friend, Matt Garber. Hello. And today, we want to share with you the top five things Matt and I do that we feel helps us uh, be successful in life and in music. There you go. They go hand in hand, really. If you're successful in life, you'll probably be successful in music and vice versa. So, Matt, do you want to get into it? Oh, yeah, it's 2020. We're getting into it. We're getting into it. We haven't recorded in like two or three weeks. Yeah. And I forgot what we were We took a little holiday doing. break. I'm buckling, getting into it. We are getting into it today. Top five things that you and I do. This is such a clickbaity title. Top five. It oh, is. Gosh. It's like <laughs> we're gonna find like in a year or so that BuzzFeed has just stolen it. <laughs> <laughs> and if, our if voices are just plastered all over BuzzFeed. They'd be lucky. They'd be lucky to have us. They'd be so lucky to have us. Top five. Here we go. Do you wanna start, man? Do you wanna um, do you wanna do an exchange, a one to one? Or do you just want to go down one. and then I'll go down or I'll go down and you go down? This is getting a little weird. Your list? How about I'll just start <laughs> with my number one on my list. Excellent. And it is in absolutely no order whatsoever. Wonderful. Let's do it. <clears throat> my first one is something that I have had to learn uh, through a very difficult 2019 and... That word is margin. Mm. And I did not create nearly enough margin for myself in 2019. 2020 will be the year of no. (laughs) (laughs) I will say no to projects that are not a good fit. I will say no to awesome opportunities that it would be fun to do, but uh, my family comes first, work comes second, and... uh, it's like if the schedule's full, the schedule's full, or if the project's just not a good fit. And I think I already said that. Um, it's like we have to take care of ourselves. It's uh, I know this is a very overused saying. Maybe not. Maybe I'm the only one that overuses it. Um, but there's a reason that on airplanes that they say in case of uh, depressurization and the oxygen masks drop, to put on your mask before helping others. And I've said this before, but the reason for that is because if you can't breathe, you are of no use to anyone at all. Mm -hmm. So uh, this gets into properly scheduling uh, projects and whatnot and properly scheduling in time for yourself. And uh, if you can hear in the background, we have a special guest, Biggie Smalls, chiming (laughs) in. Make time for your dog. Make time for your dog. Make time for Biggie. Um, Yeah. Uh, don't be that person who's working all the time. I I learned through the first year of my marriage. Don't um, like like I get it. You you have some projects that are rushed. You're they're paying more for them and and whatnot. And you'll you'll have those times where you are working nights, and sometimes you might be working a weekend. I mean, but in general, I don't work weekends. I don't really stay here late unless like. I'm just absolutely slammed. And even then, um, if you're a parent, I highly recommend to always, like my number one rule as a parent is I always want to be home for bedtime. Whether or not I leave after bedtime, um, like so long as my wife and I are like cool and on the same page and whatnot, um, that's another thing. But... Uh, I always want to be home to say goodnight to um, my little guy. So I, I want to be like a present dad. Yeah. So And building that margin in is incredibly important. So make sure you're taking care of your family. Make sure you're taking care of yourself. Make sure you're taking care of your business. And just because you're churning through records doesn't mean you're taking care of any of those yeah, the money might be coming in, but you know what? You're sacrificing more than likely your health and you're sacrificing your family or you're sacrificing friendships or whatever uh, for the sake of a dollar, and that's that's not the name of the game. 
So uh, take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Spay and neuter your pets. That's great. In the words of Bob Barker. <laughs> Is Bob Barker alive? I don't know. I honestly yeah, I don't, don't know. know. I know Drew Carey replaced him years yeah. ago. The long mic. Yeah, it's great. Is Bob Barker alive? <laughs> this is going to be the little thumbnail. Uh, what do we Bob got? Bob Barker Wikipedia. What do we got, people? What do we got? What do we got? Is he still alive or not? It says years active, but it doesn't say alive. <laughs> active. Uh, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, years active, 1950 to 2007. That must be like a career thing. Mm-hmm. He was born in 1923. My grandfather was born in 1923. Uh, spouses. I mean, if he's alive, he is. I imagine if he was 90- dead, it would not. Seven. Yeah. 96, 97. Yeah. 96, 97. My guess is that Bob Barker is alive <laughs> <laughs> because I can't find a death date. So there you go. He's alive. Spay and neuter your pets. If someone's out there and they know the real answer, just just let us know. DM us. <laughs> That's it. We're gonna go with alive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll long mic it over to you, Sam. Great. <laughs> What's yours? Uh, well, I had kind of rest margin in there, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make a little check mark on that because I fully agree with that, and I don't need to regurgitate it and restate it. But I am a huge rester. Um, but the first thing on my list was, and this is not in order as well as I have a phrase that I say to myself that is very, um, it's not original. It's not even that creative, but I mean, perhaps it's original. It, uh, it's all based around the idea of, and, and the phrase is, what would an adult do? And I stole it from like the "What Would Jesus Do" thing years ago. That was like popular. The WWJD bracelet. Yes, but this is like WWAD. What would an adult do? And so <laughs> I started. Those are pretty stupid adults. <laughs> exactly. Well, they're not adults. So oh. this is a phrase that I started implementing into my life like three years ago. Whenever I would bump up against something that I found to be frustrating or annoying. And one of the, a quick example is like, sometimes there is like a dirty dish in the sink that is not mine. And it used to bother me that someone would dare leave a dirty dish in the sink. And now I just think, what would an adult do? An adult would probably clean it up and extend grace to my wife who was probably busy or is circling back to clean it up later because we all do things differently at different times and different routines and that is normal and okay, usually to an extent. And most things that I found to be a quote-unquote problem or friction or irritation in my life actually came from me not accepting people as they are and allowing them to do the thing they do in their own way. So I started asking myself the question, what would an adult do? And this became my mantra and still is for like the, the everything in my life is like, would an adult get hammered on a Tuesday night if you have to get up at 6.30 and walk your dog? And the answer was no. So I would stop going out. And then I would ask myself, would an adult get mad when uh, basically like you have a a master revision? Like, no, that's something a child does because a child feels insecure or threatened or that they may have made a mistake. And now as an adult, I just welcome the revision and the critique because it's helping us get to the end product the client wants. So I'm constantly asking myself when I bump up to something, when someone invites me to something or seems like a good idea, I just think to myself, what would an adult do in this situation? And then I just do that. And that has saved me so many, um, I mean, one, hangovers (laughs) from not drinking too much. I mean, Nashville is such a drinking community and it's a, a big problem for a lot of people here. And I used to go out and drink quite a bit. 
in the last like four, three to four years, I finally have, I'll say, gotten it way under control. And there's lots of days I don't even drink anymore, which is kind of unusual in Nashville. It's so interesting because Nashville just people drink every day, multiple drinks usually. Um, I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's kind of how the culture is here and the music scene is. But it really can be a a money suck and a you know a hindrance to people's ability to get things done because they don't usually work as well. And then the next day they feel like crap. So you sleep in or you're hungover for the first half of your day and you're just not really there to, you know, you're not really showing up 100% and then that reflects your work and you just keep the cycle going because that's kind of what you do. But I just, I am always asking myself, what would an adult do? And that kind of dictates so many of my actions. Um, And it really has helped me in life. And it's such a kind of a simple, cheesy phrase. But I challenge everybody out there, like if you have trouble making decisions or you get angry about things, it really kind of, when you're an adult, it takes the blame and victim mentality off the table in my mind. And so things that used to bother me were more so things that like, were poking into my past hurt or trauma or things I didn't um, understand. And an adult really gets things done, shows up, and performs well and is a nice human usually, at least my definition of an adult, and is responsible and accountable for their actions. So I started to filter my life through that phrase, and it has done wonders for me. So that's... That's where I wanted to start. My first thing, and the thing I probably say the most to myself, is what would an adult do? And then I make the decision. So there it is. So essentially, (laughs) you're taking a line out of the Bible as known by Dwight Schrute. Of (laughs) page out of the Bible of whenever I'm about to... Or whenever I'm about to do something, I I think, would an idiot do that? Exactly. And if they would, I do not do that thing. Yes. The the best advice Michael Scott ever gave him. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, that's essentially it. And it's true. It works. It's great. So you can either think of Sam or you can think of Dwight. Yeah. Whichever works, either way, will prevent you lots of pain and misery. (laughs) Yes. So that's my first thing. What do you got next, Matt? Um, my next one is pace yourself. Mm, nice. Um, yeah, they're all like all of mine are super vague. I like. They can that. be taken from a life type way, or you can take it from a studio way or an entrepreneurial way, and this really falls in line with stay in your lane. And like the path you are on, like like or where you are is where you are meant to be, like in your journey. And uh, I know we have said these things numerous times on this podcast, but it's really just like trusting in the process and don't get ahead of yourself. Don't take on, and this can kind of get into a place like. I guess you can get in trouble. You could think that you're not ready for a job that you are, but I mean, that could also be a maturity thing. And I'm more worried about people uh, who are one year into this not knowing how to write a DDP, (laughs) like going to a major label and being like, yo, send me John Mayer's next thing. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, you're not ready for this, and here's why. Um, I mean, if you're like, you've been doing this all 20 years and you don't think you're ready for that. It's like, that's, a, that's another maturity thing. And I'm not, I'm not necessarily worried about you and trying to talk you into that. You probably are ready to do it. Um, more than ready. Um, but in general, I mean, you see a lot of people rushing into, um, buying gear. You see people doing like a lot of unhealthy things with money, um, and I really want to do that episode on financials. I've talked to a handful of people about it, and they're like, that's a very unsexy episode. And I said, you're right, it is, but people don't like necessarily know business 101 or finance 101, and 
It's like, I have the means to help you out, so we just need to do that interview. Um, <clears throat> so if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll figure it out in the future. Um, but it's like, in terms of your money, don't... I try to limit any personal money that I invest into my business past year one. Like, after the first year, I try to not invest any of my personal assets into my business. And the only thing uh, that is going into my business is money that the business has generated. And sometimes this is good and sometimes it's bad. And then you got to just kind of figure out. It's like, okay, well, I'm mentally choosing for the next handful of years. I'm planning on not showing a profit because I want to dedicate these asset, these financial assets, which money is a resource and a tool into investing in gear. And that's what I want to do. But then you have to mentally know and plan ahead because this is a chess game that if for the next three years, I'm not planning on showing a profit, then for the next three years plus, I probably shouldn't intend on uh, taking out a larger line of credit. Um, because if you are not showing a profit, then no bank is going to lend an unprofitable company mm-hmm. any resources. If you ever were to want to build out a studio or another place or buy, make a larger purchase or whatnot. So um, this ties a lot into what Sam was saying in terms of like, would an adult do that? So a lot of this is pacing yourself, knowing where you are and knowing that that is okay and it's like you might see other people online who are further ahead in their uh, their journey than you are, and you have to understand that that is okay, and they might have certain gear that you want and stuff like that. And it's like, you know what? That time will come, but you just need to put in the time, and where you are is where you are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And don't worry about it, and like just take care of the people who trust you and the people who pay you to do what you do best. So that is another point perhaps down the way. I love it. So, But yeah, pace yourself. Pace Stay in your yourself. lane. Where you are is okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people need to know that. Like, oh, they have to Need to, to hear that. it more than one episode. That's why we say it so worth. much. <laughs> so... Yes. Where you are is where you need to be, and that is okay. Some Pace things, yourself. Some things are for you, some things are not for you, and that is okay. Yeah. It's a great reminder. That's it, man. That's it. Okay. You're on a roll, no dude. You're on a roll. I like Hardly. where you're headed. Here's my number two. I feel like we really got a nice, like, two different flows going on this, and I dig it. Uh, number two for me, not in order once again, is uh, I'm big into manifestation. And before I lose anyone with uh, that term, if you think it's woo-woo or new age or energy, manifestation for me is all about letting people know what you want to do and what you need. Letting the people around you and the universe know what you would like to do and what you need in your life. And this all starts with something a lot of people never do is being true to yourself and taking time to be still and quiet and do deep thinking and reflect on yourself. What do you as a human actually want to do in life? And a lot of people go through life and go through the music industry never really being themselves or they're always trying to grasp on to 10 different things because they're scared that surely they can't do one thing great and get paid enough, so they need to do everything. But maybe in reality, all they want to do is make indie folk records with brothers or something super specific. But instead, they do everything else to try and make ends meet and they think that's just I guess what I do like I'll never be able to do the thing I actually want to do and for me one of the big things like I've manifested in Nashville is like a rap scene that's developing and I've spent 10 years making rap music I've spent 6 years or so in Nashville letting everyone know I make beats, 
I'm also like main gig is mastering. That's like my my thing. But I also have this like crazy passion and talent for production for hip hop and rap. And I've been letting everyone know that for six years that, hey, I want to do this. Like if you want to make that, you know, make that type of music, let me know. Like, and it's been a long journey, but the past like two years, I've made like a dozen hip hop albums with people in town. I've been hired by like big sync companies in town to do hip hop and rap. And it's all come from just me manifesting and telling people, hey, this is what I do and what I would like to do and getting tons of no's, which is very normal in life to get lots of no's. And you actually want to get lots of no's, in my opinion, because when you get the yes from someone who's equally aligned, then it makes the decision really easy whether or not you should work with them. So I'm constantly manifesting things in my life and putting out into my journal and to the world of things I want to do because what I've found is that once you make your need known to the world, then people can begin to provide that solution for you, that provision for you. And a lot of people are too scared to put out into the world like, hey, I want to be a I want to be a famous person, like a famous artist. I want to be like Justin Bieber or Katy Perry or whoever is like huge. And people feel silly saying that because they just think it's not possible. But it's not like, I didn't create this, but there's so many people who who have the story of like, I just wanted to be that. And so, you know, 99% of the other people never vocalized they want to do that. So I became the person. And that's been a lot of my story is like, when I find bands I like or mixers I like, I just contact them and tell them straight up like, I love your work and I would love to master your next album, you know? And then sometimes it's a no, sometimes it's a no for right now, and then it comes back. But making your needs known to the universe and letting it know and letting people know what you actually want to do in life is how, at least in my experience and part of my success, I found is like, until you let people know what you need and want in this life, you'll you'll probably never get it because to me, like community, that's like the the joy of community is that people can take care of each other's needs. And I found that like the way I view weakness is that like we have weaknesses basically that force us into community to where we need each other. And that's the value of like weakness and value of there's things I can't do that Matt does really well. And there's things I can't do that other people in town do really well or differently. And they are all part of making me actually really strong. And that only comes from me vocalizing like, hey, I don't know how to do this. Or, hey, I have this dream of doing this. Do you know anyone who also wants to do that? And then surprise, surprise, you usually find people over time that want to do it. So in all of my life, like, since I've started practicing this, which is like putting out to the world, which can be scary. And like, there's an accountability usually when you put something out into the world, like there's an accountability of like, people are now maybe watching you and thinking, well, is he really going to do this? Or he's probably not going to do that. Like there's not a chance, you know, it's a one in a million, but I, I don't know. Like I testified to that. The more I put out into the music scene, to the world, what I want to do and where I'm trying to go, you begin to find people who are aligned at that, who want to team up with you um, way more often than you find people who are like, no, you're stupid, dude. That's dumb. Like, don't do that. <laughs> like, I've found way more um, encouragement, affirmation, and people being helpful, especially like our audience has been so helpful to me the last couple of years of things I post during my day on my stories and they respond with like, hey dude, here's the answer. Hey, it's right here. Or like it was uh, a couple episodes or maybe just one when we were talking about the band Camino, community versus competition. That was in that one. Oh yeah. Of who did it and who worked on it. I had three people respond to me telling me this is who did it. Here's the post. Here's the credits. And now Mm. I know who did it. And it was a mess of people. And I found out two of my friends in town wrote on it, and I didn't even know that. <laughs> so it's like, so funny. They have like four cuts on that album. 
So that's like the power of, you know, a super simple, tangible example of putting out to the world, like we talked about on the Community vs. Competition episode, like who worked on that album, let us know. And then three people do all the work or they already knew the answer and just told me. And that's it's as simple as that. I didn't have to do any digging or thinking. I just put it out there and three people responded. So that's the power of like manifestation and putting things out into the world is there is someone out there who probably has already been through your problem, knows the solution, and is more than willing to share it with you if you're willing to share with them what you need in life. So that's my number two, manifestation. Do it. It works. Every time you say manifestation, I think of Manifest Destiny, manifest the Western destiny. expansion. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I don't know why that's what I was thinking, but every time you said it, it's beautiful. That's what I thought of. It's great. Like, people think of this or this. I'm like, nope, I'm thinking of like no, wrong. covered <laughs> wagons and like the 1990s game Oregon Trail. Oregon Trail. You lost your like rocks Dying of diarrhea on a computer game. Yep. Man, that game was It was awesome. a brutally honest game. <laughs> you died of diarrhea. Exactly. It's like, damn. That sucks. I always love the hunting portion of that game. You got to like yeah. hunt for a bunny or an oxen or something, or a buffalo. A buffalo, <sighs> a buffalo. Man, that is some nostalgia right there. Yep. Throw All right, back. Let's keep cruising. We won't even know what the sound bite's gonna be. We're going so off the rails on this one. <laughs> Sam, if you didn't have me here, this would be like a this would be a really solid like thirty minute podcast. <laughs> I'm the one that just like goes off completely off the rails. I'm the wild card. We don't even. We need you, Matt. Man, I, I mean, the yin if, to if you'd the like yang. an hour long podcast, you do. You'd have this sucker wrapped up, buttoned up, nice and pretty. Manifest destiny. <laughs> You're all good to go. Covered wagon, taken care of. Covered wagon. We made it across. Right. We forged the river successfully. My number three is be present. Mm. Something that I'm trying to do more. I have the, and none of these are like resolutions for this year. I have the joke that my resolution for 2020 is uh, I want to be more of an intermittent listener. Mm. And uh, no, like as in not really listen to what people are saying. I know, it's weird. Listening intermittently. (laughs) Intermittent. There you go. Yeah. It's like, oh, I want to bring up intermittent fasting. It's like, no, <laughs> I just want to care less. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so that's 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 not the case. I'm not a complete jerk. It was just a joke. Anyway, being present is uh, is my number three. And excuse me, I'm, I feel like this whole time, like that we've been podcasting, uh, you know, this, since this podcast has been in existence, I feel like I've just always been sick. Um, but uh, yeah, this whole winter I have been. Um, but being present. So this is kind of like, and I'm not calling out people who have a smartwatch, but like when they came out and someone had an Apple Watch, I'd always have the people like be looking at their watch every like four seconds as they get a notification or something would happen, an email or they get a notification from their Nest camera that their dog's wiping their ass on their carpet or something like that, or... I don't know. That, like, they're, like, what were those, like, little, like, Tamagotchi pets need food or whatever it was? Another 90s throwback. Um, yeah, I always felt like I'm, like, I might only be getting 70 or 80% of your attention when I need a full 100%. And, um, everyone in my family but me has a smartwatch. (laughs) I have this like $39 G-Shock and I couldn't be happier with it. It's like this like retro 80s looking thing. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I really, uh, I'm really into at least trying to be present and at least to try to keep that as a mindset. And it's whether it's, uh, I mean, whether it's music and I mean, I can go off, like like how on this podcast I can go off on tangents, like it's my job. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's easy to not be present in somebody's music and just to, uh, I don't know, process 
a song that's one out of ten and just kind of leave roughly the same settings that are on it on that song and not treat it as important as if it were a single. But, I mean, I try to be present for every song. I try to make sure that, like, my ears are rested. If I'm feeling a little fatigued, it's like, you know, go make a cup of coffee, take a break, go do... uh, Go do whatever you need to do. If I'm sick, push a project. Yeah. Um, there was a single earlier this week, and I was like, "Hey, man, what's the what's the deadline on this?" I don't think I had them fill out one of my onboarding forms, and uh, they said, "Oh, it's not for like till like March." And I was like, "Oh, okay." I was like, "Do you mind if I like push this a day or so?" I said, "I'm just like, feels like my head's in an aquarium," and they're like, "Yeah, sure, no problem at all." Um, and then I came back to it. Uh, the next day I felt a lot better. I could hear well and uh, knocked it out. The client approved it and absolutely loved it, and they're off to their release date. Um, But, yeah, just uh, making sure you're taking, uh, like, a mental faculty and making sure you're actually, like, listening to a song before you start turning stuff because, you know, it's a certain genre or something like that, and... Um, really making sure you're given like like the client's paying you, man. So, I mean, give them give them what they're paying for, and not just like <laughs> like bump up a limit or six dB or something like that. Like, make sure you're actually doing like an honest job. And mm-hmm. if something's wrong, go back to them and be like like even if it's something stupid, it's like, hey, I think there's like a very small dropout, like a minute forty. Can you check that out? Yes, it's like. It's like when it's mastered, there's an even better chance they're going to pick that up right. because it's going to be way louder. Or it's like there's either, even something that I was like, hey, can you – I said, I don't even know if you can do anything at this stage, but at this like dropout, it kind of feels like when the drums come back in, they don't necessarily come back in on time. I said, I don't even know if it's my place to even point that out, but uh, just wanted you to know. And so it was like for that like little split second – Things were just like automated and remixed mm-hmm. in that like split second, so that everything came in, and so that everything was like good, and it was like a bigger, uh, like when everything came back in. So, um, just making sure that like you are the quality control, and you are like the last step before distribution, and the last step before people spend a lot of money on vinyl and mm-hmm. CDs, and um, just making sure you're giving it your all, like. If there's audible distortion that's coming from your rig, freaking figure it out. Don't just be like, oh, well, yeah, I'll blame it on the mix. It's like, no, fix it. Like, <laughs> just do it right and you only have to do it once. Right. Um, so that's my biggest thing. So being present for your clients. Um, also, this goes into margin is being present for your family. Um, and it's like at home. Say it's like if I'm on my if I'm on my phone a bunch, and everyone's on their phone and like little kids running around and stuff like that. It's like, well, what's that going to teach him? Then when I want his attention and he's not giving it to me, and then I get mad at him. Well, what is he seeing dad do? So there's also a reciprocating effect there that you can uh, unintentionally seed into the next generation. And it's like, eventually this kid will get a phone if, who knows, in 14 years if they're still making these things. (laughs) Um, But it's like he'll have some device that is vying for his attention over mom and dad and other things which should be more important than a device. And I want to make sure that I'm getting that attention because I love them and if I want their attention... Chances are it's necessary. Um, And I don't want to be taught a lesson 10 years down the road that I should have been a more present dad. Mm -hmm. So little tiny things that uh, being present has frankly taught me. (laughs) (laughs) So a big thing, though, yes, with family and for clients, just make sure you're doing your job right. Make sure you're not just processing another mix i get it during busy weeks and stuff like that like if you need another day on something just ask for another day or 
if someone's trying to squeeze in or something like that, just be like, sorry, man, I literally don't have any time not working on it on the weekend. Um, I mean, you can rush it through, but it's going to be an extra fee. But uh, be present for your clients and what you are currently working on. Make that your, uh, your ultimate work priority. So that is my numero trace. I love it. It's great. Wonderful. Not hating on Apple Watch people, though. <laughs> okay. My number three. My number three leads into like four or five. So I'm going to like kind of do, I think, the rest of my three in a row. Do it. Because I think they can all be condensed into one segment. So my number three is routine. And if you do not have a routine with your life, I would say it will be very hard for you to have a successful business, excuse me, and also be a happy whole human. And we live in a society that is always bombarding us for attention and distraction. And this isn't, I'm not poo-pooing technology or iPhones or social media or Apple Watches. I love it all. I use it all. But having a routine allows you to use those things, in my opinion, uh, in a healthy way as opposed to letting the world kind of dictate where your time and energy goes. And for me, until I got a routine like three and a half years ago, my life just felt like I was flying by the seat of my pants. And it kind of was because I was always being pulled in different directions. I was kind of unsure on what I was doing for the day. And my energy just kind of got spread over everything. And anyone that asked something of me, I would just kind of say yes to because I didn't have a reason to say no. And I found myself just kind of exhausted and all over the place. And one of the biggest things I did was get a routine And if you start to go to bed and wake up at the same time, if you have that luxury, which most people do outside of maybe if you have a new puppy or a child, perhaps your sleep schedule gets tossed out the window for a while. But outside of that, um, creating a routine and a cycle allows your brain, and there's wonderful science on all of this, of psychologically your brain begins to get primed and trained to know that this is what we do at this time and your body starts to get in a rhythm. And when you start to implement positive things into your life, and this is within my like last three, four, and five, is like I journal every day about basically things I'm grateful for and then I journal about affirmations about myself, things that have happened that are good. Um, And then I do a daily prompt, which is like, what is my day going to be? And I write it out. And it's reflective kind of of my calendar. And having that routine, and then I do meditation after that, has made me become um, pretty capable of making every day insanely great. And for the first like year and a half or so of doing a new routine, my body was in like such shock of having boundaries and discipline it was awful like it was really hard and difficult there were so many days where I was like screw this this is too rigid or too whatever but the alternative was to continue to feel crazy and feel like is this ever going to work like how do you do this how do you be a happy person how do you make a business run correctly with with margin like you're talking about Matt like being present how do you be present And so it took me surrendering to the wisdom of thousands of years of people because there are books and books on psychology and philosophy and management and time management and going, okay, there are things people do who are super successful that seems to be universal. And one of those things I kept reoccurring was like routine, like wake up at the same time, have a morning routine because there are days you will wake up where you're like, ah, even like for... For me, like some people look at my life and they're like, oh, it must be nice. Like you're just always busy now and 
you just have work and you do whatever you want. And there are still days I wake up where I go like, man, I don't want to do this today. And that's just like, I don't know why. But then I go through my routine and by the end of the first like two hours of my day of, of my routine, I am like pumped to go to work usually most days. And go to work, I mean, walk to my mastering room. And it's it's really changed my life. And so part of my routine is journaling, meditating, doing the daily prompt and reading from a book of my choice. Even it's usually like 10 minutes of reading. It's never very long. And those things have made me like a mental beast because I'm always checking in with myself. I'm very aware and present of how I feel. And it really prepares me to do my best work for my clients because I know I've taken care of myself, which goes back to like your margin thing, Matt, of this is all part of taking care of myself and preparing myself to be the best mastering engineer I can for my clients. And so for anybody out there, like having a routine is really hard and requires lots of discipline. And one of the ways I was able to create a routine and if you follow me on Instagram. Like I literally, for two years now, I've been posting every day except for weekends. I take time off my schedule for the day and what I'm doing from 6.30 a.m. to 5 usually. And that did not happen overnight. That was years of getting to that. And the best way I found that works is like, and this is like number five maybe, is like super, I'm huge on super small implementation so of habits so if you want to change anything in your life what i've found that what works for me is like breaking things down into the most micro way possible and implementing that change first and then building up and a quick example would be like for working out for me like i'm not a naturally um active person maybe like i was never really great at sports outside of golf, which is like the, which is a very hard sport, but not like, I mean, it is, I don't know, it's physically demanding for sure, but it's not like getting smashed playing football or something like that. Um, but for working out, like, I'm trying to think who I stole this from, but it was a trainer who basically trained his clients and he's a super successful trainer and he basically takes his clients and they all come in like wanting to lose, you know, 30 pounds or get super jacked or shredded or something. And he basically starts them out on like a five minute workout plan for the first six months where all they're doing is five minutes of working out where they like show up, they stretch for a minute, walk for two minutes, stretch, do some push ups, and then that's the workout. And he does that with them like five days a week. And it's just the routine of getting people primed to like have that time taken away from them in their schedule and getting them to the point where like by month two, they're like, oh my gosh, I have to work out for 10 minutes. Like this is just stupid. I can do 10 minutes. And then they start doing 10 minutes and then that's the next six months and so on and so forth. And then after like a couple of years, these people are like beast mode, like 45 minute long workouts on their own. And it's just this gradual implementation. And that's what I've done with my life and, and with working out. But implementing things on such a small level to where like if you want to start working out or doing like going to the gym, just start like walking around your block three times a week and see if that sticks. And it's the same with like anything in life I do now is like the action I usually just like schedule out the time to just see like what does it feel like to have 30 minutes gone from reading every day. And maybe I don't even read the book. Like I just like look at the book <laughs> and I'm like getting familiar with it and priming myself to like take the most baby step possible to make this a lasting habit. And I found that to be super helpful in business and with everything I do is like I'm always trying to think, okay, what is the smallest way to implement this now? that will help move me forward to my end goals. And this is something I help people with is I have this conversation a lot with people where they say like, you know, your schedule, like you're super busy now. And I want everybody listening to know, like I haven't super busy, like is the last three years out of 10. 
So it took like six to seven years to get really busy, which is a very normal thing. But I basically, when people are like, it must be nice now, you know, you're just always busy, so you know like what to do with your time. And I just challenge people that, A, to write out your dream schedule, even if you don't have it yet. That's part of the manifestation thing. And then B, what can you implement out of that schedule now if money wasn't a problem, time wasn't a problem, which everybody's got margin somewhere of money and time. I've yet to find someone who really doesn't. I really haven't. Um, and so then they start saying, well, I'd be a person who like gets up in the morning you know, and, and does something, you know, get up, work out. And that's something like, okay, let's just implement one day a week you get up early. Just one day a week, that's it, and see how that goes. So they start with that. And then you slowly, over years, and it'll probably take years, you start to create this schedule and routine that you love, and then all of a sudden, 10 years down the road, which is a long time, you finally feel like you've created this lifestyle that you actually enjoy doing the work you do on your schedule, your time, and it's wonderful. But it all starts from the idea of like super small impl- implementation and having a routine. So that is my three, four, five, all in there. Mm. All of that, because that's kind of more than three, four, and five. But I highly encourage everyone to have a routine. If you do not have a routine, start super small, implement something, be so gracious with yourself because you've never done it before. You will fail lots of times, but keep going and be very gracious and start to create the life you want. And that's it. That's all I got. Three, four, five. Done. Check. In the bag. I'm taking a note. It's Um, great. I love your notes. Okay, so I'll do... I have my eye on the clock. um, And I know you have date night. That we're minus four minutes into. It's all right. Um... So I will kind of power through mine. Number four for me is moderation. Mm. And typically that's used with like food or some other, like alcohol or some other type of substance. Um, But in all honesty, um, this ties in with uh, pace yourself. So moderation from like gear or like power or anything like my, my buddy Ellis has this quote that uh, there ain't no power like overpower. <laughs> and it's, uh, I mean, Alice listens to this, so he'll get a chuckle out of that. Um, but yeah, you need to, th- this just ties everything together so far. So like you have your margin, you need to pace yourself, you need to be present, and you need to, uh, you need to like w- work in moderation. This like gives you this whole picture of like, okay, my ears are getting tired. I need to take a freaking break. Or I have a lot of cash and I haven't been spending a lot of cash and I want to buy a ton of gear. Or it's like maybe I've been buying a ton of gear, but maybe I need to back off and maybe I need to just figure out my chain for a little bit. Um, it's maybe I need to stop spending money on stupid stuff or maybe I need to actually buckle down and... Uh, figure out why I don't have clients. And that kind of goes into my next point and my last point of take care of people. So all these Mm -hmm. kind of gel really well together. Um, And my sub-note that I was writing is that assholes get nowhere. (laughs) And (laughs) they're not necessarily in this game too long. Um, They're typically run out or they typically just do not... They do not have clients that stick around and because no one wants to be treated like crap. Everyone wants to have their record that they've been slaving over and um, they're trying to like deliver this, uh, I don't want to say deliver this baby, it's kind of a Im- weird image. Um, <laughs> they're trying to make sure that this thing actually gets to market, that it, like it gets to other people's ears for them to appreciate. Um I think Dave Matthews had a quote that like art is only art when you release it to the world, and uh, and once it's art, it's up to the world to decide what to do with it. And 
if you're not allowing people to do that and if you're hindering them or if you're going around and saying, uh, like if you're early on in the stage, like say like a mix engineer or something like that, and uh, you don't like how the masters sound but the client loves how the masters sound, then shut the hell up. I mean, it's <laughs> not the mixer's life and job to say the masters sound bad. It's This isn't me from experience. I'm just saying. I'm just kind of going off the cuff. Um, but yeah, if you're coming down and you're saying, no, I don't like how this sounds, but the client loves it, then leave it the hell alone. You did your job. You mixed the record. Now, if the producer says it, you might want, but the client loves it, you might have to still work it out a little bit, but the producer's nine times out of ten going to air with what the client thinks. Um, so if the client's happy, then the client's happy. Um, I mean, the producer might go against it and be like, hey, I think we can get kind of like uh, a better run out of it. Let's... Uh, Let's take a let's take one more stab, and the client would normally listen to the producer on it. Um, so, but yeah, always just be there for people. Make sure that like you're never taking advantage of somebody. Make sure that all financials are like laid out up front for people, so there's no questions. Make sure that all expectations are gotten out up front, and like upon delivery, make sure that like everybody's happy, and it's not a record that you rushed through because you had a crazy week or something like that make sure that everybody's happy and uh make sure everybody has time to talk and i mean at the end of the day they are handing you over cold hard cash and you need to respect that um so yeah take care of people so my five margin pace yourself be present moderation and take care of people awesome and finally there is a number six, but we're about to wrap up. So, Sam, you can start cueing the music. I'm But queuing. I did the math during one of Sam's monologue, and <laughs> this puppy will air February 12th. Well, guess what? You want another ticket to success? Guess what's in two days if you're listening to this on the 12th? Valentine's Day. Boom. Do yourself a favor. Go to the freaking <laughs> grocery store. If you got a Harris Teeter by you, I've found out those flowers last like three weeks. Get your wife, girlfriend, significant other, whatever the hell you have. Go give them some flowers. This is the helpful little reminder from Matt and Sam to not mess it up. You can even go get them today, and those suckers last. Yes, they Whole will. Whole Foods flowers die in like two days. For some reason, Harris Teeter flowers, you put the little packet in the water, those suckers last forever. So I got my wife some earlier this week. Love and it. those suckers are just, they're never going to die. So... <laughs> Those things will last until Valentine's Day. This is the beginning of January. So, so anywho, I just helped you out big time. <laughs> so, anywho, in the sake of keeping significant others happy, Sam, I'm going to get you off to date night. Woo! And we are going to wrap this podcast. So, uh, thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast, if you can uh, leave us a review or stars on iTunes, uh, shoot us any questions you may have and like you can find both of us on Instagram I'm for the record mastering Sam is Moses mastering and uh, yeah whatever you're having have a darn good one Sam cue the music cueing Valentine music oh don't forget <laughs> you're gonna do like some Barry White I was gonna say it needs to be sexy right <laughs> I don't care <laughs> Valentine's oh, Day yeah <laughs> uh this one's for the ladies. <laughs> Bye. Bye.